It's happening, readers. We have heard that you want paperbacks from our tailored book recommendation service called TBR. And I'm delighted to let you know that we're going to be in sync with your request. That's right. We're bringing paperbacks. Whether you hate carrying around bulky hardcovers, you're on a budget, you want a wider range of recommendations, or all of the above, now you can get a paperback subscription from TBR curated just for you by one of our bibliologists. Get all the details at mytbr.co. That's mytbr.co. We're bringing paperbacks. Welcome to Hey YA. From great new books to favorite classic reads, from news stories to the latest non-screen adaptations, Hey YA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA is a book riot podcast hosted by Erica Azevedi and me, Tears of Price. And we are recording this on December 21st. So happy new year. You're listening to this in the new year. Um, but it is still December for us uh, because we wanted to get ahead of the holidays. Um, but how are you, Erica? I'm doing pretty well. I'm plotting on my, I'm like, I am going to travel a little bit for the holidays, but I'm still like going to be home as well. So it's that weird, like, should I buy groceries or should I not? <laughs> you know what I mean? Should I just eat like Chex Mix and Christmas cookies for exactly. dinner for the next three days? Yeah, exactly. I, I hear you. I'm definitely yeah. there. Yes. How, how are uh, you doing? I'm well. Yeah, that's that. I feel like that time between like December 20th and like January 1st is like just this weird sort of time suck of like you're Mm. supposed to like be working still but like you're not being productive so we're just the expectations are low and we're just coasting (laughs) yeah we're coasting we're coasting into the new year that is the vibe that is the mood absolutely I fully support this and stand by it oh god So for our news of the week, it's kind of been, I think, a slower time of the year, especially because we're wrapping up. Um, But there is one good piece of news, which is the Netflix adaptation of My Life with the Walter Boys, which is based on the novel by Ali Novak, has been renewed for season two already, which I think it was, Erica, remind me, was it last week's episode or two weeks ago? Or I don't know. The last full episode I, what we time? had. What is, what is time? time? But I think it was the last full episode. I yeah. think so. We were yeah. talking about this, the show and how it was like number one on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So since then, I have watched the first three episodes. Okay. I enjoy it. It's kind of like, how do I describe this? Um, it's got like a lot of like the angst and the romance and the pining of the summer I turned pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a little bit more of like a bigger like um, cast of characters. It, it okay. seems like there's a little bit more varied cast. And also it's it's giving like um, um, if you ever watched Virgin River, like Virgin mm. River vibes with like small town where everything's like really picturesque and there's like a lot of different characters mm. and they've all kind of got like their own stuff going on. Um, Virgin River is uh, also based on a um, a book. It's an adult romance and it's it's for it's more for an adult um, audience. Oh, I'm um, watching this. <laughs> I 
yeah, I don't read a lot of YA romance. I'm like, as I've mentioned before, so I'm not enough. familiar. Yeah, yeah, and and it, maybe I'm just having this like association because the mom in my life with the Walter boys is she plays in Virgin River, but like oh. it's still like you're still kind of getting that like if you want like a really really picturesque setting because it's set in Colorado gorgeous mountains and rivers and yeah. yeah and then um but like yeah a wide cast of characters everybody's got their drama some of it's small some of it's pretty big um and there's like multiple sort of romances and things going on um definitely give it a watch like hopefully by the time this airs i will have finished season one so it's mm. hard for season two which is really exciting yeah um, I know that Netflix likes to break our hearts by not. I was about things. to say because I we had that whole we had a few conversations about Shadow and Bone. <sighs> R.I.P. Yo, and that was I felt like that had such potential to oh, Netflix is a hot mess with that, honestly. But this does sound interesting. I like how you describe it, like the the picturesque scenery and like a big cast of characters and the drama. Yeah, and yeah, just I'm looking at a um, a Teen Vogue article that talks about it. And for those unfamiliar, or in case you did not catch the last episode where we spoke about it, the show follows the story of Jackie, who is 15 year old from Manhattan. Her life gets all shaken up and turned topsy turvy when she loses her parents and sister in an accident. She goes to Colorado, as you said, Tirza, to live with her guardian, who was her mother's best friend at school. So it's an interesting yes. traumatic start. So there's a lot of potential there for yeah. A lot and of her mom's topics. Yes, yeah. and her her mom's or her mom's best friend, her guardian. She and her husband have ten kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't get to that part. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and so all but one of them are boys. So oh. there's like one one little girl in the bunch. Um, and yeah, the rest are boys. And, you know, I'm a little confused. There seems to be an inordinate number of teenage boys in the house. And I'm not quite sure how that all works. I think some of them must be adopted because I was like, there's a yeah, lot of them that are teenagers. And I, you know, right, I see what you're saying. Triplets, like, but oh, triplets um, and stuff. Yeah, right. that, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, um, Obviously, like in the first couple of of episodes, it kind of sets it up so that um, she, Jackie, is kind of being pulled between um, Cole, who is like the older, more brooding type of um, guy. And he's he's like, he's not the oldest. I think he's the second oldest. And he... um, he's got his own sort of issues that he's dealing with because he was really good at football, but he had an injury that took him out. So now he can't play football anymore and his grades are slipping and he's, so he's got a lot of moodiness. He's a brooding bad boy, basically. And then she's also feeling sort of drawn to Alex, who is her age and he's like really sensitive and sweet. And he Mm. is on the track team. Like she's on the track team as well. So um, they kind of have that connection and he's just like really nice. And he's also like, very concerned that his older brother is going to break her heart. And so there's some nice tension between the brothers and there's some tension between the, you know, Jackie and each of them. Um, And then like, there's also just like, there's an entire episode in which like the boys, like all of the boys in the family, um, or not all of them, but most of them like are teaming up on her to like prank her because like, that's how they, they deal. And, Mm -hmm. uh, 
And she's like, so not used to it because she grew up, she had one sister. And so um, as somebody who grew up with four brothers, I'm like, mm, yeah, relatable. <laughs> but Oh, my goodness. I never knew that about you. Yes. It's it's a, lot a, lot of, a lot of brothers. Yeah. It's, 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 brothers. But 10 brothers makes that look like a reasonable oh. number of brothers. So <laughs> a reasonable number right. of brothers. There's too many brothers. The brothers so episode. Yes. So, anywho, but yeah, I'm enjoying my life with the Walter Boys. I'm excited to see where oh, okay. it goes, and I'm excited yeah. to know that there's going to be a second season. So that is our news. Nice. It sounds fun. Yeah. Um. So before we get into it today, I do just want to give a break for a um for a sponsor. It's happening, readers. We have heard that you want paperbacks from our tailored book recommendation service called TBR. And I am delighted to let you know that we're going to be in sync with your request. That's right. We're bringing paperbacks. Whether you hate carrying around bulky hardcovers, you're on a budget, you want a wider range of recommendations, or all of the above, now you can get a paperback subscription from TBR curated just for you by one of our bibliologists. Get all the details at mytbr.co. That's mytbr.co. We're bringing paperbacks. All right. So real quick, um, in case you haven't heard, we are bringing paperbacks. Um, so whether you hate carrying around bulky hardcovers, if you're on a budget, you want a wider range of recommendations or all of the above, you can now get a paperback subscription from TBR, which is a, um, a quarterly delivery of books curated just for you by one of our bibliologists. Um, they are really great if you want to hit New Year's reading goals, all that sort of stuff. So you can get all the details at mytbr.co. That's mytbr.co. Okay, so we're going to be talking about most anticipated books of 2024. Yes, as well as like a couple of predictions. Like yes. What's coming in the new year, you know? So what's in your crystal ball, Erica? My crystal ball. Um, I think, so Romanticy was that girl. She was it, the it girl genre. I think we're going to see more of that. Um, for one, because like, on the one hand, it's popular, made popular, I think, initially by TikTok, book talk, if you want to get funky. Um, so publishers are going to want to publish more of that just because it's been, you know, doing well. But I think people will still keep responding to it. And I think we're going to see, <laughs> this might seem random, I think there might be more heisty stories in YA. Um yeah. There's a few coming out this year that I, yeah, yeah, I was pretty excited about. And actually, it's so funny that you say this because I actually will have um, a an article publishing on the site this month. I don't know if it'll um, be live by the time this goes up. I think it's, it'll be up later this month on okay. YA heist stories. So, oh, that's perfect. Yes. Yeah, that's a, okay. I didn't even I didn't even notice that. I didn't even see that. So that's yeah so it must be like a collective like movement towards heists we want heists in ya they're fun i have i think i have at least two in this list that are heists but they're like science fiction and fantasy there's like a dystopian one so i'm really interested in that and my third prediction is i think we will have more genre blending which is kind of touching on my other two predictions in a way um, so yeah, I think that I actually did an, did an interview with, um, an executive from, 
thrift books like a week or two ago, and we were talking about predictions, not just for YA, just for publishing world in general. And she was saying that she thinks, amongst other things, that there will be more genre blending stuff. So um, some some genre blending I would like to see more of. I love fantasy, science fiction and fantasy. Fantasy more so, a little more so. Um, I think I might like to see like mystery, fantasy, some like that. Mm. Like I love, I love fantasy elements in other genres. Like, so I would love to see that. Um, maybe even like a historical fantasy mystery situation. What do you, what do you, what do you think? What, what kind of genres would you like to see blended more? Oh my gosh. I love mystery with anything and everything. Also, I have to give a shout out for a book that it's, it's older. It might even be out of print, but I think you can still probably get it like as an audio book or as an Mm ebook. Starcrossed by Elizabeth C. Bunce um, is a fantasy mystery and it is so good. (laughs) So um, I just, you brought that to my mind and I was like, yes, I have to tell Erica about this book. I'm going to check it out. Yes. And, um, yeah, I mean, I love mystery with everything. I, I love fantasy. I need to get back into reading more fantasy as well. So that'll, I agree though, pretty much with, um, a lot of what you're saying. Like I am noticing, you know, I'm not sure if it's like a big trend, but definitely Mm. like a little micro trend of heists, um, Romanticy is going to be huge. I feel like mm-hmm. that is just like the buzzword of of 2024 is like romanticy this, romanticy that. Yeah. Um, it's like half of the pitches in my inbox right now are like, do you want to read a new romanticy novel? <laughs> um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm not opposed. Um, right. I, I do like romantic fantasy, so let's Same. bring it. Um, but let's see. I did notice because I spent probably a couple of hours earlier this week just like paging through um, idolized catalogs and seeing like all the YA books that are coming out mm-hmm. um, and and we really are only seeing like up through July so not even the full of all next year but I have noticed um, there's a lot of sapphic YA coming out of the first Ooh. half of 2024 like a lot of like you know there's I think there's a lot more LGBTQYA coming out than there used to be right but I'm definitely seeing more like specifically like two female love interests Mm. um there's a lot of that coming out um i'm not sure if it'll be hitting this year necessarily but i do feel like i've been seeing announcements for more ya christmas stories than in the past and like diverse christmas stories which um makes me happy um nice yeah i feel like those are two things we've kind of talked about before whether it was in episodes or outside of episodes but i feel like we've talked about seeing more of that before i don't know yes we definitely like i feel like every year we see a little bit more and then i've seen some announcements for like next year and the year after um so yeah it's it's really nice to see because like i think i've probably shared this with you before but like gosh seven years ago now i tried to sell a ya christmas story and like nobody would touch it because they're like eh you know it's really only like going to be marketable for one season out of the year um and like my agent tried so hard to sell it and and like it never sold so now i'm like "Mm, maybe i need to dust that thing off right that thing off i know dust it off yeah anyhow yeah those are kind of like what i'm thinking but i'm also looking at like my list and oh the other thing i'm gonna say I do feel like there's a ton of YA graphic novels coming out in the first half of of 2024. And that's not like really a 
trend or prediction per se, but I do see like, um, that format has been growing for a long time, Mm -hmm. but now it's getting to the point where I'm like, it's growing even more. And so I'm seeing even more of those books being put out. And I think that's partly due to the fact that like, um, you know, graphic novels are very expensive and time consuming to make. And so an imprint or a publisher is not necessarily going to put out a ton of them each season, but I think we're seeing more and more YA publishers um, adding graphic novel imprints or including more graphic novels in their lists each season. And so now we've gotten to the point where like, I I think that like in March, we have like 10 new YA graphic novels Mm. coming out in a month. And I do the quarterly roundups on the site. And like, usually if I get 10 in a quarter, that's good. So like 10 in a single month, I was like, whoa, this is amazing. Um, So yeah, that's, that's what I've been noticing. All of it sounds amazing, but yeah, I didn't know. I didn't notice the graphic novel trend yeah that's exciting i love graphic i mean we both read graphic novels pretty good amount so i'm excited for that oh yeah the sapphic YA holiday stories yes so you were ahead of the curve they needed they needed to get you know on your level but now right yeah i'm looking forward to to your uh to your christmas story Oh, thank oh, you. Just I, I wrote it a long time ago. I think I need to to polish it off or maybe completely, you know, revise it. But thank you. No, still, I'm sure it'll be good. Thanks. Okay. So tell me, what's the first book that you're excited about? Okay. And a disclaimer too, as we've mentioned, or I think you said a minute or so ago, um, a lot of these, there's so many books coming out, so many great sounding books. A lot of these books are just from like the first few months of 2024. Yeah. Cause it's Cause like, we don't, we don't have the catalogs for the fall yet. They haven't launched yet. Yeah. So they will launch soon, but they haven't launched yet. Yeah. And also there are just so many books coming out even within this kind of limited time that we, that I looked anyway. But, um, so my first book is a drop of venom by Sajni Patel. And this sounds so good. Oh my God. It's, it's basically like it has elements of Greek mythology. There's a little Circe, a little Medusa. Then it also has some Indian mythology there's some like you know adventure and it's very feminist and stuff there is a trigger warning involved and if you're familiar with medusa's story i think you'll understand why um basically 16 year old manisha has been running from monsters since forever um she becomes a priestess and she thinks she's safe but that's where she's wrong. So then there's also 17-year-old Prachish, who is a slayer of monsters, one of the king's best slayer of monsters, and who frequently visits the temples, um, their floating temples, uh, one of which where Manisha is a priestess. So Prachish and Manisha meet, but something happens to Manisha. She's assaulted and then she is pushed into a pit of vipers and something happens again, Medusa, Medusa, Greek mythology, Greek mythology. Okay. So Pratush, remember Pratush is a slayer of monsters. Pratush gets sent to kill what Manisha has become, except Manisha doesn't die and she rises from the pit more powerful than she was before and it turns out that maybe they want to get married 
I haven't read it, but it sounds like a lot going on. Um, it's alternating. It alternates between the two perspectives. Um, it's described as having lush language, obviously very high stakes, suspense. And I'm just like, I'm so here for like a revenge story. I'm here for a girl with venom in her veins turning into this powerful being. I'm, I'm just here. I'm here for it all. So it sounds exciting. Looking forward to it. Again, it is A Drop of Venom by Sajni Patel. That book sounds amazing. And I know I've talked about how much I like Sajni Patel's work before. Mm-hmm. So yay for that. Also, um, this is um, a Rick Riordan Presents book. And mm-hmm. I love that he's getting into YA and, you know, not just middle grade. So yay yeah. for that. Okay, my first pick is Escaping Mr. Rochester by L.L. McKinney. And I have been dying to read this book since mm. like the second it was announced in Publishers, um, Publishers Weekly, the children's bookshelf newsletter. Um, it is a retelling of Jane Eyre, in case you didn't get that from the title. And it's historical. It recasts Jane as, I mean, it doesn't really recast her, but like sort of tweaks her character. So she is Black and she, um, like in the original wants to get this job at Thornfield Hall. She's going to be the governess to this kid. Um, her um, her boss is Edward Rochester, who hires her. Um, unlike in the original, though, she's not really interested in him or in finding a husband. Um, like in the original, though, there's definitely some weird stuff going down in Thornfield Hall. Um, and she, of course, discovers the wife trapped in the attic, Bertha, um but then in this version jane and bertha are like hold up wait a minute mr rochester is locking you in his attic and you're not really you know insane the way he's claiming you are and so they fall in love and then they decide to escape him and the cover is just like these two women in like these amazing victorian gowns and there's Mm. flames everywhere and Mm. i'm like yes yes the flames burn them to the ground i mean okay so mild spoilers for (laughs) (laughs) for jane Eyre here um and i have to admit okay i like jane Eyre. the first time even the second time i read it i was like ah the romance but Locking your wife in the attic because you think she's insane is really hard to overlook. It's and a so, little hard. To- yeah, the yeah. feminist in me is like, oh, I shouldn't like Jane Eyre, but I do. Um, so, anywho, I'm so excited for this book because I think that we need to get justice for Bertha. Justice for Bertha. Yes. Darn it. Shoot. And yeah, the We're title's fired. amazing. Yeah, right? <laughs> Escaping Mr. Rochester by L.L. McKinney. That comes out this month, so you don't have to wait long for it. Nice. Yeah, I just looked up the cover, and it is definitely giving. Um, so, yeah, I am going to get into my next book right after we hear from our sponsor. Okay, so the next one I have is surprise surprise a fantasy i know it is so let them burn by camilla cole now if you follow messy book things camilla cole was someone who had gotten review bombed by a certain jealous author you can read about it i might link an article or something but all the more reason to support her book Um, Apart from that, it sounds really good, and I would want to read it regardless of wanting to go out of my way to support someone who has been targeted. 
unfairly. But with that said, this is a Jamaican-inspired fantasy that has a heroine that has been blessed by the gods. And also there are dragons. Like That might actually be another prediction for 2024 that I forgot or that I'm just now realizing. I wanted to say that earlier. I think there might be some more dragon stuff with Fourth Wing. There was also an indigenous... um, story it was a YA story I cannot think of it at the moment I will try to link it but that came out this year and that was about dragon taming and going to a school to learn how to basically um be a dragon rider or whatever so dragons are dragons are kind of doing a thing too I think we might see more of that but anyway so Farron Vincent can channel the power of the gods. She's used this magic to liberate her island from enemies. Um, specifically, a certain dragon riding empire. So now she's 17. She's like all souped up. She's got all these powers and like nowhere to direct them. So then she is supposed to go to this international peace summit, but it's a it's a time of peace. So she doesn't expect to really have to do anything. She's like kind of like this weapon that doesn't have a thing to, I guess, destroy. Is that the correct term? We're going to go with that. She learns that her older sister, Elara, has formed a bond with an enemy dragon. And so I guess the rules of the book, of the magic system within the book, um say that she is supposed to kill her sister because of this but of course she doesn't want to do that and she's trying to find another solution that will not take her along this dark path of having to do that and living with those consequences but there is uh, more she has to contend with more that she doesn't that that's out, outside of her um other duties that she had when she was trying to liberate her island, basically. So if you're familiar with The Stardust Thief, which is not a YA book, but it is an SFF book. It's by Chelsea Abdullah. Chelsea Abdullah gave a quote reviewing the book, and she said, quote, by turns hopeful and devastating, so let them burn is a masterful debut with a blazing heart. I was captivated from beginning to end by Cole's sharp, clever prose and by her protagonist, two remarkable sisters with an unforgettable bond. So I think that sounds really good. I'm excited to read it. I clearly love, you know, all the fantastical things with mythology and all that good stuff. So again, that's So Let Them Burn by Camilla Cole. Awesome. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. My next pick is one that comes out in May. It is This Book Won't Burn by Samira Ahmed. And it is a YA book banning book because I don't mm. know if you know, but book banning has kind of been a oh thing that we've been talking about a lot lately, IRL. Um, I hate it. I would rather that the uh, book banning stories stay fictional, but unfortunately they aren't. Um, but I'm really excited for this book um, because I've I've said to myself, like especially as I was dealing with like challenge issues of 
my own and my own community this last year, like where are the YA books about like book banning? Like there are actually a good number of middle grade novels, but not many YA. Mm. Um, but I was too busy to write one. So I'm glad that Samira Ahmed has beat me to it. Um, so it is about Noor and she and her family have just moved thanks to the fact that like her parents split up. And so she's um, in a small town now. Um, she's from Chicago. So this is like kind of a big change. And she she just thinks that like she just has to get through it. Just get through until graduation. Then she can leave. Um, but when she discovers at her new school that a lot of books, like not just a few, but like hundreds of books have been pulled from the library because they're obscene or pornographic, you know, quote unquote, mm. Mm. Um, she becomes really angry, especially because most of these banned books are by queer and BIPOC authors. And so um, she decides that she needs to stand up for this. Um, but of course, doing so puts her in the line of fire. And um, it's a small town. So that is a difficult thing to put yourself out on the line um, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm really excited to read this book and I'm really excited to see um, where it goes because yeah, I mean, this is very much a real issue that is happening now. There's like no happy ending or, you know, neat little bow that we can tie this situation up in. I think like when we're thinking about real life. So I'm, I'm eager to read this book. Um, That is this book won't burn, which is a great title by Samira Ahmed. That's a perfect title. I am super excited to read that as well. That sounds awesome. Um, my next book is Into the Sunken City by Dinesh Theroux, and this is one of the heisty heist heist I was talking about earlier. So, um, I haven't seen many, like I said, genre blending, bending, all that good stuff. Um, I haven't seen too many SFF heist books apart from like Six of Crows and stuff like that. And this is one. So... It is it is described as a unique twist on Treasure Island. I'm not sure. Obviously, I haven't read it yet, but it takes place in a kind of dystopian setting also. It is in a city of Coconino, Arizona, where the rain never stops. And so Jin Haldar, this is life as usual. And some people like dive to try to make things, you know, happen for them, like, make ends meet. Um, so Jen's father died in a diving accident a minute ago, and she's been struggling with her younger sister, Thara, for a minute. And so this dude, Billy, comes along and offers them a score. Apparently, there's a massive uh, stash of gold in the sunken ruins of Las Vegas. And right there, I'm just like, ooh, the sunken ruins of Las Vegas. That kind of reminds me, I don't know if you saw Blade Runner, was it Blade Runner 2049? It kind of gave those vibes. I'm like, ooh, I love how that sounds. It sounds so interesting. So the job is really dangerous. Obviously, you have to have some high stakes. And Jen is hesitant to go after her father died in a diving accident. But... Her sister decides to go and she's like, listen, it's dangerous. If you're going, I'm going. So Jen's going. And of course, there's a ragtag crew because is it a heist without a ragtag crew? You need a ragtag crew. Mm -hmm. One of the ragtag crew is who? Jen's ex-boyfriend who is still hot but still annoying. So mm, a little something going on there. So Jen has to contend with crumbling ruins, sea beasts, some other mythological stuff that I've never heard of. It sounds interesting. And there is a mysterious figure named Jal Silva that 
are all going to be encountered during this heist. I think that sounds so interesting. So I'm excited to read it. Again, it is Into the Sunken City by Dinesh Theroux. Ooh, yeah. More heists. Yeah. Um, I like fantasy heists, too. I mean, I love Six of Crows. So mm-hmm. bring me all the fantasy heists. Yes. All right. My next pick is a book by Stacey Lee. We get a new Stacey Lee book this year. Yes. I'm so excited. I've read everything that she writes. Um, so good. So good. And I just got an arc of this. So I'm really excited to read it. It is Kill Her Twice, um, which great title. And it mm-hmm. is a historical YA murder mystery. Um, it is set in 1930s LA in Chinatown. Um, so it is about Lulu Wong, who... Um, you know, she's from Chinatown. She becomes mega, mega famous um, on the silver screen. And everybody from Chinatown is just like really proud of her. And they, of course, like everybody knows her on site because of how famous she's become. And because there probably um, weren't a lot of Chinese Americans becoming famous on the silver screen in Hollywood in the 1930s. Um, which makes it all the more tragic when one day she is murdered and her body is discovered. Um, and the um, girls who discover her are three sisters named May, Gemma, and Peony. And they're very distraught because Lulu, before she became famous, was, um, you know, one of their their classmates and they knew her personally. Um, and it's really upsetting because um, I don't know if you've like read any historical fiction set in the 1930s in L.A., but the LAPD was really, really corrupt back then. Oh and so, God. yeah. <laughs> one should argue <laughs> anywho yeah um yeah so yeah really corrupt also really racist so it's very obvious to the sisters that like lulu's death is not going to be really investigated the way it ought to and in fact they begin to suspect that the police are actually covering up something mm. about her death mm. um and it, there's also it sounds like there's some like interesting like you know, class politics and, and, you know, stuff going on because um, they also, um, it's also set against like the backdrop of like when Union Station was built. And I, you know, I don't know a ton about LA history and geography, but apparently um, they, um, the, at the time the city really was like out to get the valuable property that Chinatown took up so they could like build Union Station. So it's like kind of connected to that. There's just a lot of really interesting things going on. Um, So I'm really excited to read this again. Like I don't know. I've read some books set in LA and I know a little bit about like LA history, but not a lot. And so I'm excited to pick this book up because I think I'm going to learn a lot, but also I love a good murder mystery. um, And it sounds really great and also Stacy Lee always brings us like really fantastic historical fiction um so I'm just so excited for this it is Kill Her Twice by Stacy Lee that sounds so interesting so the next one I have is it kind of seems to it's still kind of fantastical but it is kind of more fabulous more just like speculative and it deals with some heavy issues it is titled You're Breaking My Heart by Olu Begmisola, Rude Perkovich, and it deals with um, basically sibling death. So, um, you know, you got to be ready to deal with that. Basically, it's about Harriet Adu, whose brother has died, and she blames herself. 
you know, survivor's guilt and stuff. Like, she knows it's not her fault, but she kind of feels like it is her fault. Um, so she is just in that stage of grief where she would do anything to have, to take, turn back time, basically. So one day, a, a kind of odd, kind of odd girl shows up at her high school. The girl has a lot of things in common with Harriet. She kind of likes the same kind of like oddball niche books that Harriet likes. She is kind of like a loner at school, similar again to Harriet. And now suddenly, because of this girl, Harriet thinks that she could live in a world where she maybe has her brother back. Maybe she took some things back. It seems like a different reality is possible. Then the girl tells her about a place underneath the subways of New York where people who are similar to them can find community and find a place where they belong. So then the question is, will Harriet go there? Will she open that door and go into that new world? So this new world is supposed to kind of save Harriet from, you know, high school people, grief, depression, all those things. So this book sounds so interesting. I think it might be one of those things where it's like, is this really going on? Or is this how this person is processing grief, processing depression? I don't know which it will be because as we know, haven't read this yet, but I'm super interested. Um, it has really good reviews so far. I think I have an arc of it already. If I don't, it's processing. I'm excited to read it. It sounds so interesting. So again, that's You're Breaking My Heart by Olubimi Solo, Rude Perkovich. That does sound really interesting. Mm -hmm. mm. Oh, man. This uh, episode is not good for my TBR. Nope. <laughs> nope. All right. My next pick is a new book by Kristen Kishore. We're getting a new Kristen Kishore book this year, you guys. Yay! I'm so excited. Um, I adore Kristen Kishore. I might have mentioned this on the podcast, but this past or this fall, I read, um, uh, I reread the entire Graceling series and then mm -hmm. I got caught up on the two books that I hadn't read yet. And it was like such a delightful time to spend like literally just three weeks reading these giant fantasy books like i read them so quickly that's amazing um yeah i love kristen kishore i love the graceling books um but she's also this is not a fantasy book i mean it might be i don't know but this it's not like a high fantasy book it is called there is a door in this darkness and it's being billed as a magic tinged contemporary ya um okay. so it is about a girl who um started high school in 2016 and she lost somebody very close to her very shortly after the 2016 election. And so like her entire high school has been, you know, impacted by this loss, impacted by like, you know, the very uncertainty of having Donald Trump as a president. I can't mm. even believe that I had to say his name on this podcast. I'm so sorry. It's all right. Um, and then also now that she's going, she's about to graduate, like, congratulations your senior year your final semester COVID hits like mm, mm, mm. what so yeah she's had a bit of a rough time and um it says that she finds a door in her darkness and maybe she can pass through it but she also has to decipher bizarre messages that keep appearing everywhere um I don't know what that's about I don't care I 
will read this book no matter what because <laughs> Kristen Kishore wrote it. Also, she wrote Jane Unlimited, which is another, I would say, magic tinged sort of contemporary YA. And it's also about like grief and like hope and like weird portals and and just like weird stuff happening. It is a really brilliant book and I loved it so much. I know that it wasn't for everybody because it was so different from her fantasy, um, but I thought it was spectacular. So it seems like this is going to be more of a book like along the lines of Jane Unlimited and I am totally here for it because it also sounds like it's, it's completely own thing um so there is a door in this darkness by Kristen kishore it is coming in june it cannot come soon enough but i'm so excited nice okay that does sound pretty good i'm so happy that you're getting another Kristen kishore i have not read i have not read Kristen kishore but it's on my ever expanding tbr because i read the books some of the books when i have time that you recommend and they've all been great so um that sounds amazing i will get into the next book but we're going to hear from our sponsor one more time. Okay, this next book, it kind I'm just realizing like it kind of combines a few of our predictions for book trends for the new year. So it's titled The Absinthe Underground. It's by Jamie Pacton. And it's described as like Moulin Rouge meets Holly Black. And it's a supposed to be a thrilling sapphic friends to lovers romanticy. It's also Ooh. heisty. What? Like, it's it's giving. It's giving all that needs to be given. So it takes place. Oh, it's also historical. I don't think I said that. Well, Moulin Rouge kind of hints at that. But it follows Sybil Clarion. She lives in the Belle Epoque city of Severan. It's kind of this like think of like the bohemians like romantic their cafes and cabarets and glittering night nightclubs so she ran away from home she gets taken in by this girl esma and so when esma brings her back to her house or flat rather not a whole house she didn't have it like that but they become friends they rely on each other so much and they might become a little something more so but so they still need to make ends meet right so they start selling these rare posters of this girl Maeve and they get caught they get caught by who they get caught by Maeve and Maeve doesn't actually press charges against them she instead invites them to this place called the absinthe underground it's an exclusive club that she owns and she reveals herself to be a green fairy who was trapped in this world and she needs to hire some people some thieving types okay couple of thieves for a daring heist into the world of the fae that would set her free and she's willing to cash Sybil and Esme out so much that they don't ever have to worry about rent again. So, of course, this sounds like so perfect, right? So, we all know things that sound perfect, especially you dealing with fairies, the fae, you know, maybe they're probably dangerous. So, just have to see how that plays out. But there are so many interesting elements to this Um the cover is really pretty. It has that. I mean, it it has that. Oh, who's that? Oh, oh, that artist, Alphonse Musha, I think, it has kind of that style of art on the cover. 
And it sounds it sounds really fun. I'm excited to read it. Again, it's The Absinthe Underground by Jamie Pacton. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Thank you for bringing that to my attention because um, that was not on my radar and now yes. I need it. So, yes. yay. Um, my next pick is The Brightwood Code by Monica Hess. And um, she's written a few books, um, historical fiction novels set in World War II that are YA, um, like World War II and post-World War II. Um, she's also um, a like Pulitzer finalist journalist for the Washington mm. Post. So mm. she contains multitudes, um, very mm. talented. Um, but I'm excited for this one because it is set just after World War One. And um, if you just are like walk into a bookstore or a library, you know that there's like so much World War II fiction. Like yeah. it's like, it's a lot, like to the point where I think people are getting tired of it. But I always think it's interesting that there's not as much curiosity or um, exploration of World War One. And so this is um, a book set right after World War One. It is about Etta. She was um, during World War One. She worked for the Army, the U.S. Army. She was one of um, the switchboard operators on the front line, and so she would, you know, operate the switchboards, decoding codes, and and basically trying to keep all the the communications going. Um, and then something went wrong during the war. We don't know what, um, but the book picks up after the war. It's been over for seven months. She's been home. She's in Washington D.C. and she's working. Um, for the American Bell Telephone Company as an operator. And um, she gets this phone call from somebody who utters a code from her wartime, um, you know, adventures oh. or misadventures or work. And it like brings the past that she's been trying to hide back. And so she has to, I don't know, there's, there's something that she has to do. So it's kind of like an espionage there's Ooh. high stakes like I you don't quite know what the mystery is but like I'm okay with that I'm very intrigued mm-hmm. by it um that one comes out on May 14th um I'm really excited because I think an arc is on its way to me I'm really excited to read this book it is the Brightwood Code by Monica Hess that sounds amazing I think I heard of that one but like I said there's so many books coming out it's like oh where do I start and even like <laughs> I have this whole list of books that I need to request an arc of. So I think I requested that one or that one's on the list. But yes, that sounds amazing. Um, yeah. And I, too, sometimes just seeing all the like World War II books, I'm like, ugh, kind of tired. But there's always a way I feel like you can rework something and make it feel like fresh and new. And this sounds super interesting. Yeah, so, yes. for sure. Mm-hmm. So next one I have is a poetry anthology. It is titled Poem Hood, Our Black Revival, edited by Amber McBride, Erica Martin, and Taylor Bias. And um, Erica Martin and Amber McBride, I know Amber McBride has at least two like award-nominated um, YA novels in verse that have these beautiful covers, and I've spoken about them on the show before, whether it's in extra credit episodes or main episodes, just really beautiful, um, lush, beautiful writing. Uh, Erica Martin also has at least one YA novel in verse. I believe it's a, um, it's a historical one. I think it takes place in the sixties about the civil rights movement, if I'm recalling correctly. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited to read something edited by them. This includes 37 poets, people like Kwame Alexander, E.B. Zaboy, Nikki Giovanni, who else, who else, who else? Um, it also features some 
other people, it features like their work. At, it's not going to be um, new work because some of these people have passed away, like James Baldwin, Audre Lorde, stuff like that. So it sounds really good. I've been reading more poetry, so I'm excited about it. It basically tells about Black people's experiences and the experiences are vast. The experiences are complex. It works in Black Americans' um, current like reality with some West African lore and mythology. Like there's an example of from one of the poems where a grandmother is telling the story of Anansi the spider, which is from West African mythology, talks about seven up cake, which is part of a black American tradition. And so it covers, covers things like race, faith, heritage, and just a whole bunch of different things having to do with the black experience. So I think it sounds really good. I'm excited for it. Again, it's titled Poemhood, Our Black Revival, edited by Amber McBride, Erica Martin, and Taylor Bias. Awesome. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. All right. My next pick is Four Aids and a Funeral by Farida Ayimidi Ubike and Adiba Jagirar. Um, this one sounds really great. I also like it when YA um, titles take a play on um like classic Mm -hmm. rom-coms. So this one is about two teens who used to be best friends. And um, for reasons that I'm not quite sure on based off of just reading the blurb, they are no longer best friends. And um, one of them has been going to a fancy um, prep school and he's home for the summer in part for a funeral because, um, one of his favorite uh, people from back home dies. And so he returns home and he's making a point to just, you know, ignore his ex-best friend, get through the summer. Um, And she feels the same way. But um, when their Muslim community center catches fire and then they learn that there is this sort of plan or ploy to use the destruction from the fire as a reason to just kind of get rid of it altogether, they have to work together to see if they can save their community center. Um, So I think it sounds really great. Um, And of course, both of these authors are awesome. Um, You know, um, Ayumidi Abike wrote um, Ace of Spades and then Mm -hmm. um, Adiba, former book riot contributor. She's written some really great books. She has a heist, a heisty one. Yes, she has um, a million to one. Yes. Yes. It's about the Titanic. Yes. Um, that one's great. Um, and, and she's written the henna wars and mm. yeah, just a banger lot of after banger. And yeah. Honey and issues guide to fake dating. I love. Yes. Yeah. So she's great. So I think that this book is going to be, um, amazing. It is for AIDS and a funeral by Farida Ayumidi Ibike and Adiba Jagirdar. Yeah. That title gets all the, all the snaps, snaps for Casey on that title. Absolutely. My next one is Bright Red Fruit by Safia El Hilo. Another poetic entry, like another poetic thing that I'm excited for. Um, Safia El Hilo has written other poetry collections and other another YA novel in verse. It's really beautiful. Um, so this is about Samira who enters into the poetry slam scene. So 
she has this bad reputation. Um, her aunties and her mom watch her like a hawk. She can't seem to shake this bad reputation. Again, just having read the synopsis, I don't know why she has a bad reputation, but she does. She's known as a bad girl. So this upcoming summer, she wants to party. She lives in D.C., so she wants to explore more of the city. She wants to grow as a poet. But then a rumor a rumor has her stuck in the house. She can't show her face because of a rumor that gets started. So how she came onto the poetry scene was that she found this poetry forum and she got solace from it. Like it felt like community. It felt like welcoming to her. So she latched onto it. And after a minute, she caught the eye of an older kind of charming poet who's named Horace. And I'm like, that's not ominous at all. I don't think that that sounds like <laughs> that'll work out. <laughs> okay. So now with through Horace, she feels wanted and I'm getting a little icky vibes here, but you know, follow me, go with me. So soon after kind of, you know, chopping it up with Horace, I guess she has an even bigger secret than ever before one that could kind of ruin her reputation even more and jeopardize what she has already established when this within this community so i'm like all right horace don't sound like he ain't worth nothing he sound trifling so i want to see what horace i, I want to see what samir is getting into with horace like I'm excited for the beautiful language. It's a novel in verse. I'm always impressed with how concise and pretty the language is in novel in verse. And obviously it's poetry, so it's going to be concise and beautiful language. But it they tell so much story in such a short amount of time. It's always impressive to me. I don't know. So again, I'm looking forward to Bright Red Fruit by Safia Elvilo. Awesome. Okay, um, my next pick is Time and Time Again by Chatham Greenfield. And it is a time loop romance, friends. I love time loop stories so much. Um, you might have heard me talk about The Do-Over by Lynn Painter a lot yes. this year. Um, Erica, have you ever seen the movie Palm Springs? Is, was that on Netflix? It sounds familiar. I don't it's, think I've it's seen it. It's on Hulu. It's a time loop romance that's on Hulu. Oh, okay, um, I haven't seen it. I've seen ads for it, though. It's excellent. Go watch it. Nice. It's so much fun. Um, but this is kind of giving like um, Palm Springs slightly mm. vibes. So um, it is about Phoebe. She wakes up um, and she is stuck in a time loop. Um, and it's kind of a drag because this is like a really hot and humid day. And it's kind of like boring. Like she does the same things with her parents every single day. And um, she is just kind of like desperate to get out of it. Also, she has um, a chronic illness. She has irritable bowel syndrome. And so it's not fun being stuck in a time loop where like you're oh not having a good time because of a stomach ache. Um, yeah. And so it's pretty monotonous. And then it all changes when her childhood crush um, somehow enters into the time loop with her. Um, and so she's kind of like, well, 
this stinks, but hey, they're pretty awesome. And we are both stuck in this time loop together. So now let's, you know, just go a little wild and have some fun with it. And so they do. But of course, you know, they're still stuck in a time loop and they don't know how to get out or if they can ever get out. Um, so, I, you know, time loop romance and it's queer. That's all I really need to know. So it's Time and Time Again by Chatham Greenfield. Oh, and also Chatham Greenfield was one of the first of Reese. Um, Witherspoon's book club lit up um, uh, sort of fellowships. Mm-hmm. So they they mm-hmm. won this fellowship with Reese Witherspoon, which is amazing. Um, and so that is the result of that fellowship. And, um, you know, yay for Reese Witherspoon using her, mm-hmm. you know, considerable millions and in influence in the book world to promote, um, you know, queer and diverse authors. So, yeah. yay. I love it. Side note on Reese Witherspoon, I grew up in Nashville, right? So when we were in um, middle school, we learned that one of her like great great grandfathers or something was like a major player in like uh, Tennessee politics or something. I just thought I would share that. <laughs> so it's yeah, like that's interesting. Yeah, it's like people, you know, a lot of times people have some kind of backing, you know, actors and actresses, even if you're not familiar. But I was like, okay, Reese Witherspoon, all right, <laughs> interesting, random, but yeah. So that sounds really good. Wow. Well, and on that random note, (laughs) um, because we have run out of time, Mm -hmm. um, which is unfortunate because um, I think you and I both could keep talking. Mm -hmm. Two sentences and two sentences, Erica. Tell me what was the last book on your list. Uh, The last book on my list was Infinity Alchemist by Case and Calendar. It's about alchemy. It's outlawed. Um, and Ash tries to practice it, tries to learn it, but gets caught and then gets roped into finding a sacred text book that gives power. That was more than two awesome. sentences. I'm sorry. That, that was, that was like a nice run on sentence. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah. You're welcome. And two sentences. My last pick was first test the graphic novel by Tamara Pierce, Devin Grayson and Becca Faro. So this is a graphic novel adaptation of the, um, Lady Kell series by Tamara Pierce, which came out in the 90s. Um, and it is fantasy. It is about a girl's journey to becoming a knight after her hero, Alana of um, Tortal. So I'm super pumped. Ooh. This is, I think, um, a great pick for a graphic novel adaptation. So yay for that. <laughs> yay, indeed. That sounds amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us this week. Know that we are excited about so many more books that are coming out this year. um, And hopefully we will be able to tell you about them more in upcoming episodes. Um, But thanks for tuning in. And we hope that we've added to your TBR as well. Please feel free to leave us feedback on the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to let us know how we're doing. And it helps others to find us too, which is very helpful. So email us at heyya at bookriot.com if you want to drop us a line. And don't forget to visit bookriot.com for newsletters, more podcasts, and all things bookish. And don't forget to visit mytbr.co for book recommendation subscriptions. Thank you again to today's sponsors for making the show possible. And thank you as always to our awesome audio editor, Caitlin Brain. You can follow me on threads and Instagram at at tears of price. And Erica, how about you? I'm on Twitter and blue sky occasionally at Erica underscore easy E underscore. There are no underscores for the blue sky though. So yeah. Okay, perfect. Good to know. I like between the two of us, we've got like all the social media platforms. Yes, we're trying. (laughs) We're trying. All right. Well, we will be back in two weeks. And until then, happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading.